I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, our theme song talks about not counting down the hours. I think we're counting down the weeks in some cases. Well, Lakey and I on the pod here, but we've brought some cavalry in this week who's flying a little bit higher, and that's Alex. You're back for another round, mate. How are you going? Yeah, look, I'd be a lot better if the last two weeks uh, went to plan. Unfortunately, Caelan Ponga and Nathan Cleary really decided to stuff my teams up, um, but that's all right. I'm still sitting all right overall and still kicking on. You're 300 odd. What uh, what is Ponga and, and Cleary? What have they done to you in the last couple of weeks? Well, I decided to go the pod route despite having Tedesco with a nine out of ten buy on my article. Um, so Ponga's that, that cost me 300 points, and then uh, this week I chucked the big C on Cleary, and uh, that cost me another you know 60, 70 odd points. So yeah, just back to back, having fun. Yeah, you're still in the top 500, mate. Miracles can happen where we are cheering for you. The podcast, I would say, is somewhat to blame for that. I don't know if Lakey, did you give him some ponger advice? It's surely the only reason he's bought that bloke. No, I think I floated it at one stage, but I don't know that I actually told anybody to go out and get it. I still wouldn't have grabbed him over the likes of a Tedesco and Mitchell. So I feel for you, Alex. I remember... Yeah, I wouldn't do it either. I, was, I remember getting excited to watch that game and went, ah, oh, shit, there it goes. So, yeah, yeah, the first 10 minutes or so, there was like 70 to 30% possession in favour of the Knights. So it was mm-hmm. actually looking looking pretty decent. Yeah, mate. And so as much as we've been awful this year, um, we were starting to, I, don't, I wouldn't say find form, but look a little bit better. And then um, it's all gone to shit again. So tis the time of year where the Knights really let me down. You get used to it after a while. <laughs> how's your uh, how are your boys trade tallies going what have you got left alex uh i have two before trades this week but i've got a flick cleary so i'm mm. going into the Supercoach finals with one what about you lakey not much uh, better i've got four at oh, the moment. flying yeah so i've got to make cleary trade out as well um and then you know that'll leave me with three but i'll probably make two this week and then hold on to two for the next couple of rounds it's going to be a very, very tight hole. It just gets worse every week. There's some other random shit happening that we need trades. We know it every year. We say it every year. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't waste your <laughs> trades on, you know, bringing in all the... Oh, I think of all the um, boosts I wasted this year, I don't think any one of them went right. But anyway, enough about that. As you said, Nathan Cleary is going to be a big talking point on the podcast tonight. A lot of people, I don't know how many in the game actually own the guy and are still playing. Uh, potentially not the people who captained him last week, at least not all of them. Uh, 15% of super coaches <laughs> captained him, including yourself, Alex. That was a tough slog. Uh, but anyhow, we'll look at moving him on and who we should go to. Some of the other ins and outs from Teamless Tuesday today. It's been a busy one for Lakey, I think. It's been a lot of injuries, COVID, David Clemmer getting randomly dropped. <laughs> we'll go into a bit of that and all the fun that goes along. Uh, we've got Pat Carrigan as well. Not that it's really super coach relevant, but I think he's hearing... Is that, is that still going on? Anyone know oh, that's already happened. He's been given a suspension for four weeks. Only four weeks. Yeah, four weeks go. is pretty light considering the uh, result, I would have thought. I thought, you know, I saw a couple of um, tweets out there estimating what it would be, and most of them were in the five to six week range. So I think that's pretty good results yeah, for him. Just reading the, the kind of news on it now, it looks like the NRL were pushing for six weeks. Carrigan's lawyers were pushing for two. They settled on four, but I think it's. They were going quite hard on it just because of the the crackdown they sent out to all the teams a couple of weeks ago about the hip drop, and Carrigan's just kind of the first person to uh, uh, the, the unfortunate one to be first in line. Mm. I wonder if he just went the Billy Slater, Brad Fittler defensive. It's not his go. He's a good bloke, like they said with Nathan Cleary. I don't know if you guys saw that. Nathan Cleary shouldn't have been suspended for five weeks because he's a good bloke, and he yeah. didn't mean for it. <laughs> well, if, if Nass and JWH aren't getting suspended, then maybe you just got to be an asshole on the field. 
Terrell Fumi owners sitting back going, what the hell? He must have the nicest guy in the league. <laughs> it's going to be an awkward Christmas for uh, for Terrell because wasn't that his brother-in-law that he incapacitated? Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Anyhow, so we'll get into that. Uh, yeah, other than that, some sit starts. We'll go through a bit of what caught our eye last week as well. So a bit of the normal flavor and then some captain's vices to finish off. Uh, Lakey, you were here last week from a top 10. I did throw it together just before the podcast. I've thrown another segment in here. Well, another a top five. And this is the top five angry emails that we get at NRL Supercoach Talk at hotmail.com or NRL SC Talk. I'll find out what that is. But top five angry emails. We get number five. Uh, would you like some erect- <laughs> erectile dysfunction pills? Oof. Yeah, that's my <laughs> fault. I've signed up for a few websites, mate. So that sound angry. That sounds helpful. Uh, it, it's a very aggressive tone, though, to, uh, to you know, how much you want demanding us to buy now. I think it's some Nigerian prince as well in there. But, yeah, a lot of weird spam mail coming through. I think Kirkup used to run the, the mailbox. It might be his doing, but anyhow. Number four, uh, stop talking shit about the Broncos. This is a good one. You and Lake, uh, Lakey, you and I are uh, obviously not big fans, sucked in Broncos about last weekend. But, yeah, you and I took a little bit too much shit for – for some Broncos fans liking. I don't know if anyone out there still listens to us who supports them, but are we sorry? I, I wouldn't think so. I, I would have thought that's low-hanging fruit to email in about <laughs> that one because you could do it every weekend. <laughs> Number three, I picked a player for my captain and you've put it on another guy. Fix this shit now. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> you would not believe the amount we get of, uh, yeah, they think we run the game. Number two, I made a trade before lockout. Now it's not there. What have you done with it? Fix this shit now. In the same vein. <laughs> You would believe we genuinely have gotten these emails in the past and quite frequently. And boys, number one, I reckon we get at least two a week. How could you make a scoring decision like that, you idiots? That player's obviously in your side and you've just cost me 17 cash leagues. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of angry, angry punters out there who are blaming the poor old NRL SC Talk website for their, for their failings. Lakey, none of that's genuine. Do we control the scoring? No, we don't. We don't. We are a fan forum. We are here for the people. Um, we can. We have no concrete affiliation with the game apart from the fact that we love it. Just on that same sort of vein, we've been getting a few um, uh, DMs, messages of late um, with people asking, you know, how does my league finals run? How does uh, a 10-team finals run or a five-team finals run and stuff like that? And I just keep writing back and say, check your league settings, mate. I don't know how it's set up. It's fully customizable this year. So if anyone's got a similar sort of question, first and foremost, go to your league settings and have a look through there. That'll answer those sorts of questions. Actually, just DM our Instagram page because Alex runs that now. And Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's yeah. Out of our yeah, hit me up. I'm always, I'm always active. I'm always happy to chat. There you go. He's a responsive man, nicer than Lake, you know. Anyway, that's my top five. We'll have some, have a few more as we gear on into the end of the season. And we're also going to bring, bring back the talkies. So, Lakey, you and I debuted this one last year. Had some categories, some awards that we gave out here. We're going to enlist the help of some of the other more creative members of our staff to get some categories, get some nominations up there. But I'm looking forward to that. Are you going to dress up this year, tuxedos? Yeah, I've, I've bought a couple of nice um, jacket tops, so I might uh, fancy it up a little bit. Put a fascinator in. What do you reckon? I'll pick something from the garden, a nice rosemary bush or something like that. Um, Alex, you probably are the most creative out of all of us. I think I did uh, sound out some advice from you or some categories. Anything that you want to see in this year's talkies? Yeah, uh, I think when you floated the idea to our talk, uh, the Supercoach Talk Writers group chat, I think I just, because we've got a whole lot of new writers this year, I think there's about four of us that have kind of join the crew, um, just our, you know, best calls and worst calls of the year, showing the, the highs and lows of our uh, time with Supercoach Talk, basically. I don't think the best calls will take very long, but I think we've got a very long, very, very long list of worst calls. But anyhow, that's uh, the nature of the game. All right, let's get into some actual Supercoach business, guys. Ho, 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 did you see that? Round 20 was a bit of a, um, well... It was a, a mishap for, for quite a few coaches, as we've talked about, but some things that caught your eye, uh, whether you did or did not watch the round after Nathan Cleary got uh, sent off. Uh, but boys, what caught your eye, Alex, last week from a super coach sense? Oh, I think the the big one that uh, it's kind of hard to miss is Jeremiah Nanai for myself, and I'm sure you caught that Juzzy as a big call. Mad Cowboys fan, but he I had him listed as a buy in my... Um, 
buy sell hold article and even speaking to a few people online a lot of people were favoring the Fafida the Murray the you know more consistent uh, scorers but then I did them by about 80 points each Incredible, uh, and now he's the most expensive second row in the game and over 700k with a negative BE and Fettis, you called him out in your article again, pat on the back for you. Did you follow that advice? Uh, no, not at yeah. all. Don't have to trade. It's you... money. <laughs> <laughs> Do as I say. There you go. But no, very big call. Uh, I think back to owning Nano, and he was scoring tries for fun off kicks, though, so didn't get the line break points and, and all that. And you pointed out a good, you know, I guess a good um, observation that his base stats are increasing week to week, and I think they were around 40, 45 last week as well, which is pretty, pretty good for him, but he's just such an attacking weapon. Uh, well, I mean, he's still getting decent base, but even mm. since round nine, he has scored, uh, I think, about 10 tries in about eight games. Uh, so even with the increase in base, his, his try scoring output has increased a, a ton as well. And it's pretty safe that he's scoring a try every single week. The only game he hasn't scored a try in since round nine was against Penrith, and he still scored 75 that game without a try or try assist. Hmm. I, I thought for sure he would have gone unders in that game. I was very surprised to see the um, see the stats. But yeah, Jeremiah Nano, a bank breaker at the moment, but uh, could be a huge pot. I think he's 11% owned uh, for the run home. So still, um, I mean, not high numbers there, but a guy you do not want to be coming up against. Lakey, what caught your eye round 20? What caught my eye? I caught a, a couple of things. Um, I, I was going to bring up Nanai as well. The guy's been absolutely killing it this year. Um in the same sort of vein, drink water is a gun. Um, a lot of people were trading him out the week before after he, he had a down game uh, against the Tigers, and, but he's bounced back to be absolutely pivotal for you boys um, on Sunday afternoon. And similarly, Dewey is um, coming good. You know, he's no Luke Brooks there anymore. Um, so he, he controlled the game a little bit more. Um, and I thought he was fantastic against the Broncos. He was a big reason why they got over the line. And now without Jackson Hastings there, they don't have that sort of third ball-playing guy in um, taking touches away from him. So I think he's just going to go strength to strength. But one more that that, that I uh, – it surprised me it's taken me this long to actually pick it, but Wade Graham is killing Siasi uh, Fatalikai and Ronaldo Molotalo. Um, I, don't, I don't know whether I haven't been watching Sharks games too often, or if have you boys noticed this? The ball goes left and it just stops with Wade Grant. He used to be a good distributor, though. Like that's the thing. Yep. He used to ball play, get the ball to the centers, the wingers, and all that. Um, but no, I don't know if you've got any stats on whether when Graham plays and what happens to Molotalo, but at least the last three weeks, it's been very poor for him. Yeah, yeah it's been very poor. I went and had a, a quick look at it when I was writing the article this afternoon. Um, and, you know, how many times have you said to me, Juz, that you killed Talakai by getting him um, after his 165-point game and he's mm. done absolutely nothing since? Wade Graham came back in round eight after that game, the d- very next game. And so Talakai's scores have dried up. Are following that, and Mulatalo absolutely killed the start of the year, and then sort of gone back to fifties and sixties since then too. So um, I don't have the exact numbers on me, but it's worth looking into. And Wade Graham's absolutely the reason for it in my eye. The dirty dog, Wade Graham. There you go. I've been copping the blame, and you know, can't get myself to sleep at night knowing I did that to poor old Talakai, but it was him. There you yep. go. I'm glad I have another another scapegoat there. Um, for me, the only other thing I wanted to add was. Jeez, Joey Manu, and I know you don't own him, Lakey, so it's even no. funnier, but that guy, like we thought, he's back to the centres now that, you know, Kiri and Walker are there and Teddy's at the back. You know, what's he actually going to do? He just comes in and runs it. You just give me the ball. Um, <laughs> I'm in the middle now. Don't worry about the centre position. He'll take two runs a set. He'll run from dummy half. And it's, it, I wouldn't say killing Teddy. And you know, we did say last week there's plenty to go around, but it looked at the end of the game, Teddy just was like, all right, I'm going to do what you're doing, Joey, and I'm going to start running the ball from dummy half because otherwise – not getting anything. Great for Supercoach for Manu, pretty shit for Teddy, and shit all around for non-owners. I don't know, yeah. Lakey, how did you how did you cope having to watch oh, uh, It Manu was the exact same. I, I think I said to you, I'm going to just pretty much have to let him go um, at this yeah. stage. I'm not going to spend 800 plus K on a center wing. And then I sat there and watched him just take every run. Um, Suwali was sort of catching a cold on the right, similar to what we just spoke about with Wade Graham, because every time it got to Manu, he cut back inside and beat three or four blokes and, and took the runs himself. So he's killing it. Um, one that got away for me, and I'm, you know, it's, it's a reason, it's a big reason why I am where I'm at. Hmm. 
Oh, well, plenty of, uh, well, not plenty of time, but a few rounds to go and a few pods, hopefully up your sleeve with four trades, Lakey. So, uh, you know, you're right in the, I hope, head-to-head league wave. There's some finals coming up to keep you interested. But we'll keep you around anyway. Alex, we're going to revert to you for all and uh, all good analysis and things we should do that obviously you won't follow yourself, but that's what you're here for. Looking forward to have you on the pod. And just before we get into it, I did have to say congratulations to my older brother. He and his wife have just had their uh, first child over the weekend, although, like, funny... Funny story, so we were watching the Cowboys game together and then he gets a call, well, the wife's in labour, right? So she's gone, I can't, what do I do, what do I do? So he goes, all right, I'll call the ambulance for you, call the doctor, don't worry about it, we've been through this, you know, run the routine, all that sort of thing. Calls up the doctor who's been looking after them and he says, my wife's just gone into labour. And he says, is it her first child? He said, no, it's her husband. I thought we talked about no more joke corner before the show. <laughs> was, I thought we vetoed that. No, I did butcher the uh, the setup there, but I uh, knew exactly uh, where it was going to. So I just let that one play out. Oh dear, Jeffy's joke corner. You never know when it's going to pop up, but you're welcome, Alex. In a few years' time, well, I don't know how far along, but uh, you'll be appreciating them. I don't even have a kid. I've got a dog. That's all I've got. Yeah, well, big how... congratulations to you for graduating puppy school across the weekend, Jazzy. <laughs> yeah, what about what? his dog? Yeah, well, funny. Righto. Such a comedian. I had to get up. I was home at four in the morning, which didn't go down very well, but then also had to wake up at eight for puppy preschool. But, you know, the thing graduated. So there you go. Shout out, Millie. Anyway, enough of that rabble. Let's get into round 21 Team List Tuesday news. Again, I don't have a soundbite for you. Like, I keep getting rid of it. But uh, there you go. You're the rocker of this week, and you're the rocker of Team List. So we're going to throw to you, mate. What's making the rounds? What's making the news? Teamless Tuesday for round 21. What's making the news this week is suspensions and injuries. The big one's obviously Nathan Cleary. Um, he, he tried to bury Dylan Brown early on Friday after Friday night, uh, and he's copped a five-week suspension for that. We just spoke about Pat Carrigan and his, uh, was it hip drop that he got with, you know, Jackson Hastings. So that's a suspension and injury there. Both those boys are out for the rest of the um, regular season. Well, Carrigan will return in, what, round 25, isn't it? So, yeah, he'll get one more game. Um, other injuries across the weekend, Will Kennedy with a synesmosis uh, injury, Mitch Moses fractured his finger, Wade Egan fractured teeth, um, Chanel Harris-Tavita knee injury. I, it goes on and on and on this week. I've been doing this for 21 rounds now, and I don't think I've had a round where I've had to write such and such is out because of injury this week. Was Wayne Egan still named, today. though? I thought he was he, named at six. He was named at, um, at six, but as I say, I just wanted to like, it was just, I don't know how he got back. Fractured teeth. He's gone to see the dentist because he's um, you know, broken some of his teeth with a completely legal hit, apparently, according <laughs> to the NRL. No, no uh, issue with that one. So, yeah, there's plenty coming out. A um, couple of the other key points from teams list today is uh, Dean Mariner has retained his spot in the centres for the Broncos. Um, Cobos come back and pushed Deloise Hoyter out. So, if anyone Hoyter owners out there, he's gone. Nofo gets a start straight in for the Storm. And we were speaking about this a little bit uh, back end of last week, Juz, and you were worried, you know, you said Grant Anderson's time Mm. is over, um, which looks like it was going to be the case, but Justin Olam's picked up COVID. So Anderson's in the centres this week with uh, Iremia on the wing opposite Nofo Aluma. But Xavier Coates is on the extended bench there as well. So there's every chance he comes back back from his ankle injury this week, or if not this week, next week, and uh, Iremia's time is done. Then once Olam's back, Anderson's done as well by the looks of things. So those boys will no longer be sort of AE issue going forward. Um, and also for the Storm, Brennan Smith is back. So he, he comes back on the bench. He was starting at lock. Uh, correct me if I'm remembering wrong there, but he was starting at lock in a sort of game day switch with uh, Josh King for the most part. So they could be on the cards again coming forward. Purdy's been training by himself or with a trainer, so literally separated from everyone else. Like, I don't know, it sounds like he's a bit on the nose at the odd storm, so I don't know if he's going to get much of a in the way of game time. Was, particularly given- was that a cheese pun or is this an actual report? No, that's that an actual heard? fact. He, okay. um, 
he that they said the reason that they did it was because the thing that he loved most about playing footy was playing with his mates and he didn't put his the team first so he didn't get to play with the team for three weeks and didn't get to travel to New Zealand to see his family when they played over there missed out on a lot of stuff so yeah he's, I'd say he's pretty committed to the team for the run home yeah well he'd better be because he's got about what seven weeks left in Melbourne colours before he jets off to Bondi so he wants to pay them pay back the faith uh manly get back all their boys with the exception of Josh Alloway who's dealing with some sort of injury uh Another one who's out. Aiken is in the centres for the Warriors. They have a whole new um, back row. Jazz Tavanga hasn't made the cut. Josh Caron's got benched and Aiken's in the centres. So there's um, Bailey Sirinan, Jack Murchie and Aaron Penney taking up the second row there for the Warriors. Uh, your boy, Juzzy Cotter's still on the bench for the Cows. I thought he looked all right when he came on. Didn't get a lot of minutes as they're sort of nursing him back from that hamstring injury uh is he likely to start ramping up the minutes going forward gradually i think after the the game he said it's still going to be a work in progress for him coming back so 40 i think he got exactly which is the baseline it'll go up in increments from there so don't expect him to be playing 80 minutes which is a bit of a hit but i guess if you've still got him as a number in if you've still got him at this point around 24 25 those kinds of rounds might be where he starts starting and playing big minutes again but look like he Definitely short the defensive lineup. So good to see for a cow's perspective. Not good for dragons. Sorry, Alex, didn't mention that at the start. <laughs> I was oh, waiting it was for expected. it. It was expected. Mm. That wasn't that wasn't news. Mate, if it was my boys, I would have been toasted. So you've done well to get off that one. Um Yeah, with Jackson Hastings out, Fanua Pole goes to the lock roll. I thought Joe O might have taken it, but they've decided to keep him at prop. He's doing the job there. So they've put Pole at lock um, for the run. Home. Disappointed to see that actually as a Jello owner. I thought, I thought straight you into might have but, but how um, good actually that Pole is like he's a gun looking forward. Yes. Watching him live. Him and the guy you mentioned, Dean Mariner for the Broncos. The number we didn't we couldn't remember who he was watching him at the game, but incredible runner, the way he was busting tackles and stuff. He's and a he's, very strong runner of the football. He's had huge raps on him coming up through the um the juniors. Uh and he he and Ezra Mam, a lot of Broncos fans were calling for their debut debuts much earlier this season but um you know they've held off till now and he um he he looks a very likely type doesn't he it's mm. a shame that um he plays uh, for the broncos well there's that but i was just gonna say it's a shame that their back line's pretty um short up so i don't know where he fits in once they're all healthy um, mm. going next season sort of and beyond um I see you've got a note here about Clemmer. He's not in the Knights' side, whether he was dropped or injured. The report that I saw this afternoon was Clemmer had an on-field indiscretion that the club wasn't happy with. Uh, I couldn't tell you exactly what that was, but... Apparently Newcastle, a trainer. Yeah, abused a trainer, on-field trainer, refused to leave the field at the end of the game. There you go. So they've they've dropped him. For, um, it's sort of an in-house suspension for him there. Uh, so he'll miss this week and sh- should be back next week for any owners there. Should he uh, though? I was reading like he's on the out, like he's wanted to go to Parramatta and no, uh, there's some weird was timing the talk. of this thing. Yeah, Parramatta was trying to get a hold of him for the run home. That, and I've been talking about Marty Tapao as well um, right before that transfer window closed. Barry Tui came out today and said Clemmer has just built a house in Newcastle and he's wanting to settle his family there after football. So the reports of him being unhappy and wanting to leave the club seem a little bit, um, uh, you know, overplayed, I think. So we'll wait to see how it plays out, but it, it doesn't seem to be too much in it, according to Barry Tui anyway. Well, if I owned him for Supercar, I'd be binning him. That's just nonsense, all that. That's, uh, who, like, how many times do you see trying to get yelled at and pushed away when people are coming off for HIAs and no one oh, gets plenty. suspended yeah. for that? Yeah, so and then they've found one rule or one reason to get Clemmer out of the side this week. It's, it's all dodgy. You know, it could be, or it could be Adam O'Brien is trying to, you know, take a stance without taking a stance. He seems to be on the hot seat and he's, I don't mm. know. Do you guys know yeah. I've watched a lot of grand finals? So I reckon I know a thing or two about teams that mm. win them. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe he, he said that. Uh, I could not believe he said that. I was like, "All right, champ, thanks for that." I've played rugby point. league live four, and I've beaten the competition on hard. So, you know, any potential suitors out there that want to sign me up as a coach? Hey, <laughs> man, I hear the dogs are still looking for a first grade coach for next year, so you could be in the running. 
Yeah, they should be if they're not already. Titans is closer to home. I might go for them. <laughs> anyway, we digress. Yeah. Where were we? That's it. Um, nothing else of of major interest. Um, Cade Dykes, uh, rookie, he's debuting for the Sharks in place of Will Kennedy. Uh, Jamin Salmon is coming into the Panthers' halves. I thought it might have been Kurt Falls after you know he was given the uh, opportunity earlier in the season, but they've gone with Jamin Salmon to keep the I guess the consistency with the team. And uh, the other minor one, um, uh, baby Arthur is coming in for Mitch Moses in the halves. Big, uh, big run in for those guys. So I'm wondering what um, that does for Dylan Brown. You might know a little bit more about me, but I think Moses has missed too many games uh, over the last couple of seasons. But how does he typically go without him? If he's I couldn't all? tell you. Um, oh, I've got a stat to you for that. He's only missed, uh, Moses only missed two full games this year. And that was round seven and eight, in which Jacob Arthur played in the halves. And uh, in both those, uh, Dylan Brown averaged, uh, he got 77 and 63 for those two games. So about his normal average, I don't think it affected him too much. Was that when he was playing at centre or something? Was there? Oh no, that was no, most, that was earlier on in the there. year. Yeah, wild stuff at Parramatta. There you go. So Dylan Brown, we're going to talk. Uh, maybe that's a good segue into a little bit of a break because we're going to come back and talk about some of the the big talking points. And there's one, as we said, Nathan Cleary, and what do people do with him, with hopefully a few trades up their sleeve. We'll chat about that. Sit starts, uh, captains, vices. We'll come back to that in a moment. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Alrighty, guys, talking about Nathan Cleary. Uh, I don't know how much cash he dropped last week, but safe to say it was uh, a little bit. Uh, yeah, it was about 70K or something mm. along those lines. He had 120 break even. Didn't quite reach that. No, a little bit, well, a bit of a ways off, but he did start the game strongly. So just a shame about the tackle, but uh, he's a nice guy, so I shouldn't hold that against him. But we're going to talk about what we're going to do with uh, without him and who we're trading him to if you hopefully have trades up your sleeve. Divide it up uh, between pure halfbacks and five-eighths. So hopefully if you've got a guy like Ezra Mam around Nico Hines, you can sort of play around with the positioning a bit. But if you're Unfortunately, stuck and you can only get a halfback in. We're going to have to go through some of those options. But before we jump into it, um, is there anyone that immediately sprung to mind for, for either of you? As soon as Cleary went down, did your brain go, okay, he's out. I need to get in this player uh, immediately. Alex, anyone spring to favor? Not any one specific person. Obviously, a few floated to mind. There's a Cherry Evans, there's the Jerome Hughes, those normal types. But one that did spring to mind was actually Sean O'Sullivan, who would be replace. Mm. I assumed would be replacing Cleary at the time. Um, and I was actually quietly hoping that Falls wasn't named this week and that Stephen Crichton wasn't named this week, so that O'Sullivan would be getting the goal kicking. Um, but it looks like Crichton has been named, and he'll be playing with a headgear to cover up the ear so it doesn't get injured again. So I'm not sure if Sean O'Sullivan will actually be goal kicking or not. Um, come next week, but it is one I've I've looked at, and he has averaged uh, you know over sixty this year in uh, in games he has played. So Even was- owning, sorry, cut over Jerome Luai owned him at the start of the year when he was playing with O'Sullivan. O'Sullivan was overcalling him, like he's not afraid. He's not afraid to get his hands on the ball and um, notch some of those attacking stats. So uh, interesting play. So you reckon uh, a no go without goal kicking? 
Yeah, that doesn't really entice me, that goal kicking, just because I don't believe he'd have the upside without it. Hmm. Um, but yeah, unless there's confirmation he's goal kicking, I probably wouldn't look yeah. at him. But if he's goal kicking, he could definitely rival the Jerome Hughes and Cherry Evans in my eyes for the rest of, uh, rest of the year. I, I did see a report out of Penrith earlier that um, Stephen Crichton was working with Daryl Halligan on the goal kicking this week. So it sounds like he's uh, the first choice. Yeah, that, uh, that'd that be right. But when did mind Sean O'Sullivan? Not an option. It'd be you know, the usual guns at halves that really sprung to mind for me. And going down that list, yeah, like the, like I said before, the Hughes, the um, Cherry Evans, and even Adam Reynolds, potentially. Lakey, anyone for you? Uh, n- not in the halves. Um, for me, the first thought was uh, James Tedesco by moving uh, Nico Hines up and about so you can switch up that way and trying to get in a fullback if, um, you know, Tedesco or Luttrell. Uh, was the first thought I had. So you know, as you said, there's there's plenty of options. You can you could move a, a Hines up um, and maybe a Val Holmes or someone or Ruben Garrick into fullbacking and get a centre wing that you don't have, or move uh, Talakai down and get a second run. The, the dual positioning has just been an absolute godsend this year. So there's pretty much anyone you can get. Hmm. All right, let's divvy him up into. Let's start with halfback, halfback only options here. Uh, well, he's not a halfback only, but Nico Hines, obviously a, a huge target if you don't already have him. He is fifty five percent owned, so uh, you know if you're not going with him at the moment, might as well best time to bring him in because I think he's in terms of averages far and above the rest of the pack. There, uh, any cause I guess not to bring a guy like Nico in if you're one of the forty five percent that doesn't like him. No, not at all. They've got a great run home. Uh, he's goal kicking. He pretty much runs the show there at Cronulla. So, I, you know, if you don't have him, A, what are you doing? And B, get him in. Evens out the odds when, you know, you're up in head-to-head finals and all that kind of thing. Yeah, he's a good number to cancel out. Um, Alex, again, any any opposition to bringing Hines in if you don't? No, look, I didn't mention Hines before because I'm already owner. I've been owner since round two. But, no, he he's the out-and-out best halfback for the run home um, purely because the Sharks have the best run from now to the end of the season. Uh, he, he's a must-tap if you don't have him in. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that most teams would have him because I think he is the most owned player in the game. Uh, or definitely he's up there. He's owned by over 50%, so that would probably be most serious uh, super coaches. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, if you don't have him, he's a must-have. All right, two others that I've, I've isolated here, halfback only, Jerome Hughes and Cherry Evans. So maybe starting with Cherry Evans, so last week was a bit of a write-off. Uh, for DC, it was a stalling. He's been playing pretty well. Obviously, with all the stuff that's going on at Manly, though, there's a bit of, I, I don't know, trepidation, I think, about him and whether that side's going to just go to shit from here on in. Um, Lakey, how are you looking at last week? Is it a just ignore that, um, I guess, low score? I think he was below 50. 46 just, he scored yeah. against the, the Chooks. So, yeah, I'm looking at it as a bit of a misnomer. They were sort of, as much as they tried their hearts out and they were, you know, they, they didn't get as soundly beaten as a lot of people were expecting to, myself included. Um, they were on the back foot all game. They were, they were playing a lot of defense, so I, I don't think he had the opportunity to uh, play off the back of his pack because they weren't there um, and create the attacking stats for his outside men because they weren't there. So it was an entirely new team. I think Jake Travojevic said in the interview after the game that they met Pio Secchi, I want to say, two days before that they played. Right? They legitimately just didn't know each other. They'd never played together and they just a patchwork side. So absolutely, uh, I'm willing to write that game off. The concern for me is the week before when they played the Dragons, got towed up and he scored a 31. Um, they did Great game full strength side <laughs> for that one and didn't put in. But um, I think they'll be up for their eels this week, especially the after the week they've had. Then they've got the Titans after that. Um, and finish off with Canberra and the Bulldogs. So it's a pretty decent run home for Manly, and and DC should be in everything for him. Alex, stack him up between you know, him and Jerome Hughes. Like, if you are to pick one out of the two, who are you going? Uh, well, personally, my decision is actually out of the two, funnily enough, and I'm leaning more towards Jerome Hughes. Um, I think the, the Storm run home is actually a bit underrated. And, and people are saying they don't have a good run home, but I disagree. So this week they have the Gold Coast in Melbourne. Uh, they've got Penrith next week in Penrith, but that's not how it would have been the same five weeks ago. It's definitely a different Penrith team, and Melbourne are 
I think they're capable of, you know, potentially scoring some points. Not sure if they'll come out with the win, but it's not like they're versing the 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 Penrith team. Um, then they've got Broncos at Suncorp, and everyone knows how Melbourne perform at Suncorp, like it's a second home to them. And then they've got the Roosters who uh, Roosters in Melbourne, and I think that's you know a decent win for Melbourne. I don't rate the Roosters that much. And then they finish with Parramatta. So I actually think they do have a good run home, and Jerome Hughes is capable of averaging over 70 in that time. I don't know. I owned Hughes for a long time. The hardest part about it is he just doesn't get that involved because there's so many other options, and we said this last week. Like he's part of a, a pretty decent pack of, of spine players. You've got Harry Grant there, even Brandon Smith when he's there. Um, can't remember who the freaking fullback is this week. Tyrone Wishart. Tyrone Wishart. Well, there you go. Cancel him out. But Cam Munster, I mean, he's taken the side on his back. You saw it last week. Um, for me, Jerome Hughes is just a bit too much of a bit part to have it in your halves at this stage. And I don't know about their run home. I think they're obviously fantastic at Amy Park. But outside of that, at least Cam Munster has been a little bit shaky as we pointed out last week as well. So I don't know, I wouldn't I don't read too much. I think it's still going to be, I mean, they weren't convincing last week against the Warriors either of all teams. So I don't know if it was me and I don't want you to take my advice, but I'd be going DCE because I think there's a higher do, ceiling do potential I, there. Do I smell a steak bet? How many have I, well, have I lost any so far this year? Nah, you're a couple up. I, I owe you one. Oh, I'm sure you've given it back in, in other ways. But, yeah, there you go. I think, well, Wenon probably owes me three more. I'm willing to go stake. But have you had one this year, Alex? I think you did. I can't remember. I have to have a, a listen back. But I'm, I'm willing to stake. Oh, so just a, what, a higher average for the run home? I sort of think, well, we had Matty Mobster on the pod and he's uh, either a veg or a vegan, I can't remember. So the <laughs> mushroom burger for him, I think that's what it was. But I'm willing to go a steak. But if you're going to you know, put your stake into Jerome Hughes, I'll go DC averages... Five more points than him for the rest of the year. Five more? I was just going head-to-head average. but I mean, no, I'll, that's I'll, how poorly I think of Jerome Hughes having yeah, traded him. I was considering um, Jerome's average more this season than Cherry Evans. I'll take that. There you go. All right, Lakey, you're here as witness there. Uh, Alex's first ever stake bet. There you go. Uh, knowing form, you should not throw these things out because we never pay up. But I think we're planning on a get-together <laughs> later in the end of the year, so I can't get too far away. But anyhow, uh, there you go. Stake bet, I reckon, DC, five points more than Hughes on the run home. That's my big problem with Hughes. It's just, you know, even when the storm go big, unless he's getting across for a double or something, which can happen, um, he's just, I don't know, filling some gaps. He's not steering the side around like DCE. So there's one thing I do think that Hughes does have over DCE as a buy-in, and this is kind of a big reason why I'm buying him in as well, is that he's 90K less, and that gives me 160K in the bank for my one trade, so that in case anyone does go down, I can kind of go up to anyone. Whereas if I get Cherry Evans and I kind of have nothing in the bank or only about 50K in the bank. Hmm. If only yeah, Cleary didn't drop all that, um, that cash, because as you said, that could be the difference between uh, an out-and-out gun, assuming you've still got trades and assuming you don't. But um, yeah, there you go. All right, looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Any other halfbacks before we move to 5.8s, where I think the value is? No, uh, no one jumps out to me. All righty. So Sean O'Sullivan we did talk about, but uh, not without the goal kicking. All right, five eights. This is, I reckon they're, they're playing a, above their weight in this competition so far this season. There's a couple of really handy options here. Um, obviously, number one is maybe similar to Nico Hines, Cam Munster, uh, 650K, 39% owned, uh, running on an almost 80 average. Uh, I don't own this guy, so it's been a okay ride so far having not owned him he can go ballistic on his day um but for me not owning him this week is going to be an absolute pain because i think this could be 150 plus what do you guys reckon uh, lakey titans v storm this week what's monster gonna nab i'm slapping the vc on him man i'm expecting a massive score considering what the boys have done to the titans the left halves i should say have done to the titans in recent weeks um 88 126 a 55 from ezra mam 70 from milford who's terrible and matt moylan had a 90 <laughs> so left halves can score on them and i'm expecting munster to go massive mm. yeah one thing as well um I'm, I'm in the same boat as you like i've got the vc on munster this week and they're at home and this year munster's only got one game below 70 at home and He's coming up against the Titans, and everyone knows how what a great defensive unit the Titans are. Yeah, yeah exactly right. Munster's averaged close to 90 points per game at home this year, um, up 30 from when he plays away. So, I mean, he's just a different beast down there in Melbourne, um, and they, they need 
to get things going heading into the finals. I think this is the week that they turn it around. Is he goal kicking this week? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure who will be goal kicking this week. Because Nick Meany obviously gone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that's, that's a very good question. I'm assuming he, he might get the end of the tee just basically by default, which would add an extra uh, arrow to his bow. Would it add or would it take away given some of his goal kicking history? Well, I remember no, earlier this year they um that that everyone thought Munster would be kicking in a game and Harry Grant started kicking. So I mean, that's it, right. It, it could go to bloody yeah. Felice Cafuzzi for all we know. Yeah, that's true. Well, there you go. He well, did kick one goal. <laughs> so Munster kicked one goal last week uh, against the Warriors, presuming after Nick Meany left the field. So there you go. If Harry Grant was out there for eighty, so he might be. Even the kicking tee away. So, goddamn, you can, Munster. But you know what? This is a weird season. I reckon this Titans will keep him to, like, 18 points. This ain't the storm of old. So, you go. Going to continue not owning Cam Munster. But uh, I guess before we go any further, you guys, if you don't own Cam, similar to Nico, would you be bringing him in against my advice, Slakey? Yeah, probably. You can trade down from Cleary to get Cam Munster mm. and make it, you know, make 40, 50K or whatever it is. I think that's that's money in the bank. Alex, any other thoughts? Uh, Munster's a, a must-have. There's no no questioning it. He's far and out the best 5-8 in the whole game. Um, yeah, there's, there's no other way about it. All right, let's look at um, one other option at his price level, and this is a guy that I broke last week, 645K. And this is why I think, I don't know, maybe matchups just aren't the thing we always make him out to be. Matty Burton scores 45 against the Knights of all teams, loses it three times, gives away a penalty, Misses a goal, in fact. Like, what was going on? I don't know what you did to him in the warm-up, but Matty Burton, 645K. I thought he was – I was all aboard last week. Uh, again, are we looking at that as a write-off or Matt Burton? I mean, he's been up the you know, notch in pretty decent scores for a long, long time. Is there a bit of a, a lull about to, to happen, Alex? Uh, I don't think a lull. I think it's more of just a – a warning, of course, uh, kind of a caution warning that he still has the potential to go low because even three weeks before that, I know it was in the rain, but he still scored below 30 against the Sharks. And even earlier on the season, it, it took him you know, quite a while to even score above 70. It took him to nine rounds to score above 70. So I think it's just a kind of a word of warning that he can still go low, um, even with his highs. So yeah, I th- it is very matchup based for him too. So he's scoring 126 against the Gold Coast, which was his highest of the year. Now he's got the Cowboys game up this week. I can't imagine that's going to be amazing. Um, I think that one's in Rocky or Bundaberg. Bundy, 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 Bundy. yeah. Um, but then against you know against the Warriors and even Para, I reckon he can put up a score against. Uh, he's got a couple of good games coming up, but if you, if it's between Burton and Munster, you got to go Munster all day. Yeah, I like potting up though. This depends where you are. Yeah. If you're trying to claw up spots and, you know, not a lot of other people in, say, cash leagues that you're doing in head to head don't uh, have this guy. I think he's a very handy pod to have despite the poor score last week, Lakey. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I think I spoke, I almost talked you into it a little bit last week as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm blaming a big you. fan. Thanks. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Matt Burton, I'm a big fan. Um, you did mention it took him a while to get going this year, Al, but. Um, new team, new combinations to work out, new chemistry to form and all that sort of thing. I think once it did click from around nine onwards, he's gone gangbusters. Um, he did have that sub-30 in torrential rain against the Sharks and then a 45 on us. But there is only real blemishes in the last, what, three months of footy. Um, so I think even playing against the Cowboys, he, he can – you know, put up a decent score. If you'll get a 50 or 60, I think that's a win for him. Then he's got, a, as you said, a couple of very nice uh, games coming up as well where he could go huge. I don't know. I just I'll prefer him at that 10% ownership. I think based on last week, he's not really going to go much higher. So I think pounce on the back of a, a pretty dull week. So maybe, I don't know if you can hold off making a trade just to see how things go this week. Uh, could be um, could be advisable, but we're at the business end, so I doubt many people will be doing that. But some other options here, uh, a couple more that we've spoken about already, Scott Drinkwater, Dylan Brown, and Adam Dewey. So of those, Adam Dewey, 1% owned, and a guy that I'm uh, investing in this week. So like Matt Burton last week, I've ruined him. But my trade this week is Cleary to Adam Dewey. Watching him at the ground last week, he was getting involved in everything. Did score a late try off the scrum, but he's done a couple of those this season. Looks back to full fitness. Uh, not a lot of other options, as you pointed out, Lakey, in that Tigers squad now that Hastings is gone. Uh, and they're playing with some freedom. 
This is not the same Tigers side that was being run around by uh, poor old Madge. I think they're, I don't know, they look a happier squad. So on the back of that, I reckon Adam Dewey averages like 85 from here on in. He's just got that potential. Um, so I'm, in, I'm pretty high, high on him. Alex, are you considering a guy like Dewey? Oh, I definitely would if I was able to. So in my situation, I can only bring in a halfback. But if I was able to bring in a 5'8 or centre wing, yeah, Dewey would definitely be high on my list. Uh, with Great scores against Penrith and the Broncos and even a 50 against the Cowboys. Like you said before with Matt Burton, a 50 or 60 against a team like that is, is very solid. Um, and he's playing for one of the worst teams in the comp too and he's still putting up scores like that. That's that's kind of uh, ridiculous. So, yeah, and they've got a decent run coming up as well. They've got uh, Newcastle this week, Sharks, Roosters, Dragons. Um, the only team I'd really worry about in that run is really the Sharks and the rest can are all very capable of conceding points. Uh, but even then, Dewey still seems to score points, even if the Tigers aren't. He, he mm. can just kind of do it himself with the hero ball style play. Nailed the goal kicking as well last week. Plenty from the sideline. Had it on a string. So a lot to like about him. Uh, Lakey, are you making the move? At I some am. Point? He's the guy that I'm bringing in. I'm bringing him into center wing. Um, as I said, I've got, um, I, th- I think I said to you boys earlier, I've still got Tolatau Kula there, who I'm looking to move on. And it's not a huge jump to go from Kula to Adam Dewey. So that's a move I'm making this week. Uh, I'm, I've got the same opinion as you, Jazz. I really like what I've seen from him. He's, you know, come back a little bit slowly, but he came off the bench for his first two games and then was played in centre um, for his third game. But since going into um, 5-8, he scored an 87-51 and now a 122. So he looks like he's uh, well on the way to putting up a big finish and I want to be on board that. I have a game against the Knights. Surely you can't hold uh, my gun 5.8s below 52 <laughs> weeks in a row, mate. So as long as Adam O'Brien doesn't show him grand final videos for the teams he coached, I reckon we're in the money here. So backing him for a big game. Uh, turning our attention back to Drinky and Dylan Brown. So, Lakey, you're a big fan of Dylan Brown. We spoke a little bit about him. But um, in terms of weighing him up against some of these other options here, where do you think he fits? I still have him as a, a top two or three guy in the five-eighth position. The the benefit of being able to get a Dewey in center wing, and like if you're looking at Scott Drinkwater, at uh, you can grab him at five uh, fullback as well. So you can still have a Burton Brown Munster combination, two of the three, and those two uh, pod pod er guys um, as well. So I'm got Dylan Brown and I'm not considering moving him on for anyone at the moment. I think he's really taken his game to another level this year. And as you mentioned earlier, without Mitch Moses there, he's going to be the focal point of this Penrith, uh, sorry, Parramatta attack, uh, get his hands on the ball. Whether that means opposition's target him, knowing that Jacob Arthur's not going to tear them apart, um, I, I'm not sure how that plays out, but he's definitely, um, you know, He's my sort of one B at this at this moment. I think if I was to be holding back a trade, uh, keeping one up the sleeve for a five eight spot, Dylan Brown would be the one I'd just keep an eye on. I want to see how Parramatta play without Moses steering the ship around and with Arthur at the partnering him in the halves. Like I don't know if this is going to be curtains for them, whether it's that bad or whether it's time for Dylan Brown to shine. But I don't know about his break even or anything like that. But assuming you got cash up the sleeve, you shouldn't be going too high up. So. I don't know, I'd be, I probably wouldn't be making the move this week. Um, Alex, if you were to toss up between Drinky and, and Dylan Brown as a, I guess in some ways a pod, who would you be going with? I would probably be leaning Drinky, and that's personally because I've owned Brown for some time now and I haven't held, I've never had Scott drink water and I've absolutely hated it. Um, <laughs> he, he's the reason I've lost head-to-heads. He's the reason I've turned off the TV on a few occasions, especially last week when he just kept poking holes through the Dragons' defence. Um, he's just got a much – obviously a, a lot lower base than Dylan Brown, but he's got a much higher ceiling and he's showing that uh, way more often than Dylan Brown is. And as well as that, the, the Cowboys are just playing great footy and they've got Dogs this week, Roosters, Warriors. Those are all games that Trinky can put up big performances. Uh, and as well as that, normally Hammer on the bench would be a kind of worry that Trinky mm. doesn't play the full game, but Hammer's starting in the wing this week. So I think that kind of locks him into 80 minutes at fullback. Well, it was more the Dragons just being useless last week than than anything. How's Josh McGuire coming in to put a dog shot on and then we just run through the gap that he's just created? 
because he's yeah, too slow. Yeah, that's kind of standard. <laughs> that's that's expected. That's that was part of his contract when he signed for us. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Both got- of you boys should be used to that, shouldn't you? Oh, oh, I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> Who's signing him in this day and age? But there you go. He's off to Super League, I think. But I don't know. I think million dollars a year. <laughs> I don't see our run home being as strong as, as you may. I think Dogs are obviously a team on the rise. Roosters will be at SCG. Warriors, well, that might be a bit of a write-off for them. But um, other than that, I think the potential to go large is probably limited a little bit there. I think the pressure will be on us. So I don't know. For me, as a Cows fan, I'm happy to sit back and watch Drinky go around. It's one of those things, you know, you don't own him in Supercoach, but you sit there and you're like, thank God he plays for my team. Because otherwise, the death ride's just a, a waste of time. Anyway. Um, all right. So I think we've settled on a couple of, I guess, surefire moves. If you're not caring so much about pods, Nico Hines at halfback, if you don't own him. Cam Munster, you guys are very high on. I'm not. I'd be going Adam Dewey if you needed a 5'8". But um yeah, it's a crazy old game, this. So we think matchups will, uh, you know, be the end all, but sometimes they're not. So maybe the Knights, we'll see. I've, I've broken Dewey, so no one follow my lead, but plenty of uh, options there. Maybe just turning our attention briefly to fullbacks. This is obviously a hugely, um, I guess, rich area in Supercoach, but fullbacks for the run home, who are you guys carrying, Alex? Uh, I've got the standard Teddy Latrell. Uh, Would have been. A lot better if I had them both in two weeks ago, but fortunately Ponga didn't do me the the justice. Mm. Uh, but you know, Teddy Latrell, I'm happy to hold them till the end unless any injuries occur or any suspensions. Um, but no, I'm very happy with both of them and don't plan on touching that again. Exactly the same uh, my way. What about you, Loki? You the same? No, I've got Latrell and. Uh deciding on my other fullback at the moment sort of toying with the idea of getting drink water in because it's been i've been similar to alex just watching him each week tearing teams apart and not being on that ride so i was sort of sick of it but um yeah deciding which way i'm going to go for that second one like as i said earlier options for me include bringing val holmes down as a fullback second and, and filling out my team somewhere else so whether i can do that or not is i'm still toying with it Val Holmes down, Adam Dewey in. Would that be the? Is that the move you're looking at? No, I'm going. Um, uh, cool. Do, Dewey's yeah. Right. Cooler's in. Uh, cooler out for Dewey. Um, so it's just who I replace Nathan Cleary with, and and I can pretty much get any spot on the field. So just got to play the numbers. Uh, I was toying with the idea of getting Joe Tarpane, but a couple of like about four or five k away from bringing that in, which is which hurts, but. I'll, I'll figure something out. This is how I felt like at the start of the year when I didn't own any of these players going ballistic. You don't own Manu or Tarpane no. or Teddy. Like it's, no. <laughs> it's a tough watch. It has been. Weeks. And now you don't even have trades to bring them in. That's even no, worse. that's right. So I, I went other options earlier in the year when they were playing their bye weeks and I thought, you know, they, they'll taper off and they just never have. It's been an awful ride for me. Actually, Alex, who's the one guy, if you could, you know, just at this instant, not cash, not worrying about cash or anything like that, who's the guy that you would bring in that you think you're not going to be able to carry uh, or get in at the run home? You just resigned to own, not owning him. Um, I think at this stage, like someone I said earlier, probably Jeremiah Nanai. Hmm. Um, just because I'm pretty happy with my halves, my hookers, my 5.8, you know, center wings, I'm pretty stacked. I just my, my second row, yeah, I got Tarpany, Papali'i. My weakest position is probably second row, and that's Tungo, Crichton, Lane, and Olakawatu. So I think Jeremiah Nano is the one guy I'd bring in just to fill out the rest of my squad. I've got a couple. I reckon Ruben Garrick, Cam Munster, and Damian Cook are going to be very tough watchers in the run home. I own none of them. So these are guys on their day, uh, you know, absolutely killing sides. But, um, yeah, obviously no trades to bring him in. Ruben Garrick, I didn't own him at all last year. Don't own him this year. He frustrates the hell out of me. I don't know where he's developed this game from but it wasn't there two years ago <laughs> wasn't anyway, there when he was St George <laughs> Lakey who's your I don't own him and this is going to kill me uh, yeah Outs- outside of the ones we've already spoken no about. that's right it's Joe Tarpany, um primarily but I've been trying to get in Damien Cook for a while and just never been able to sort of make it work so he's probably the one that I'm going to regret hmm 
Oh, it's a fun old game. You can't own them all. It seems some teams do. I have a look around at some people I'm playing in head-to-heads this week, and they've got incredible sides. So I reckon I might be out pretty quickly. Um, all right, so that's obviously the massive talking point, Nathan Cleary, and what we do with him. Uh, looking at some sit starts, this is one we went through last week, Lakey, more to just help ourselves out. have to say, I can't remember who we spoke about, but on my <laughs> NPRs, I had 60s, 70s, 80s everywhere, and yeah. 40s and well, 50s was, in my side. I was going to bring it up to you my main sit start was Tom Alolo or Ezra Mam and you and I both decided Mam was going to be the better play for his attacking options against the Tigers scored a try yeah well, he only scored 42 and I lost about 35 points from not playing Lolo over him so that's the thing and say matchups can be enticing but that doesn't always go your way you're the gun here, Alex. I want to throw one to you. Uh, the Panthers' centre wings, Tongo and Talon May. What are you doing with them in the run home? Uh, yeah, are they plays or mat- just matchups only? Uh, I think it depends on your team depth. So for me, I've got Tongo, May, and Molotalo. And this week, I'll probably have to play two out of three. Uh, and at the moment, I'm leaning Molotalo and Tongo, but it's really up in the air. Like it, it, it could go either way. All it takes is one pass out, and May's probably scoring a double uh, it, it's so quick the way the game changes um yeah i think it really depends on your depth and, and you know even ming could be thrown into the equation there because he's a safe you know 55 60 mm. yeah this is uh it's definitely getting to the tougher stages of the year but just talking before about nprs i just wanted to give a, a shout out to catfish who i played in a head-to-head in the transcript last week who sat dylan brown for 80 mike Asivo for 77 mckinnis for 85 and talakai for 59 oh, charitable <laughs> while, while playing Taylor may uh delois hoiter for 23 um and dave Fafita for 49 Ever the Bronco man himself, yeah. Deloise Hoyter. Although, to be fair, good matchup. There you go. Even the best sometimes, wrong. Sometimes we can overthink it, can't we? It's it's a brutal game. Honestly, yeah, just the dartboard. Let's bring the Supercoach Talk dartboard out one week. Yeah. Well, let's, <laughs> let's do it for my team next season. It can't go any worse. <laughs> oh, we did one year, like, you got to the end of the pod, and I reckon at the end of the season, I was maybe, I don't know, 20,000. So I said to Wenon, like, right, I'm just picking any random player that we can find. Like, pick me, a, I think it was a front row forward. And we landed on Jabrom, and, mm-hmm. you know, he scored 40. But, you know, that was an exciting addition to the pod. Pimp <laughs> <laughs> my team with the worst front row Mate, forward you can yeah, find. He does run a good line, old Jabrom. <laughs> Certainly does. And anyway, maybe we'll get to that point if you've still got to trade up your sleeve. But that's a long way off. Uh, any other ones? I did have a couple down here. There's guys like, as you said, Max King, uh, I think a safe number, but not overly exciting. But Cam McInnes, uh, interesting one. Obviously got the starting spot with Finucane out another week. But last week in 85, Golden Point assisted. What are we seeing score-wise from him running forward? Is this a 65-plus sort of guy, Lakey, in at least Yeah, this I believe week? so. He's just got that motor on him where he can keep going and going and going um, as you know, he does get a rest, but when he's on the field, he doesn't take a backward step. He's in everything. He's tackling himself to a standstill uh, and doing hit-ups and, and whatnot. So uh, without Fanuk in there, I think he's probably earning a couple of extra minutes and I, he'd be one on playing um, while Fanukin's out for sure. And against your old, well, his old side and your boys, the Dragons, what are you expecting from him, Alex? Uh, probably 200. <laughs> <That's safe. laughs> so just a quiet <laughs> afternoon. Yeah, well, just that's all tackles. I didn't even add runs. Uh, nah, Mickinus is uh, probably the safest play in your team as long as Fanukin's out. Yep. Um, with Fanukin, I think he's a sit until you have injuries and then you bring him in for his 50. I uh, don't necessarily think he's a sell for the rest of the season unless you have 10 trades in the bank. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, without Fanukin, he's probably the easiest decision. Okay, and then turning your attention to some center wings, Isaiah Tass, a lot of people still carry him, and Grant Anderson, I carry both. Uh, not playing them this week, but what do we see for Anderson? So 54 on the wing last week against the Warriors, bombed an absolute sitter of a try. In centers this week and against the Titans. Could be his last week in first grade. Do we give him a run? Lakey? Well, it's tough to give him a run considering the other guys we have in the position at the moment, but this would be the week to do it against the Titans. Um, he could be up for a big one. As I say, Melbourne are a different level in Melbourne. Um, 
there's every chance he gets one, maybe two. So I wouldn't talk anybody out of it, but you're ballsier than me, I tell you that much. You're the top 300, well, top 400 guy. Alex, what are you planning to do with Anderson if you do own him? That's what I've definitely considered because I kind of put him in as a pod play two weeks ago in his first game, or after he got injured in his first game against South. Um, and he got 54 uh, with, with two line breaks. So I, I wasn't I wasn't too upset. I think he, it was between him and Molotalo and he outscored him. So I definitely consider playing him again this week in Justin Ollams. I'm assuming he's going into left center for Justin Ollam. Uh and against the Titans, he'd be going up against, I think, out there, what, Patrick Herbert? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'd, if Melbourne are putting on points and he's sitting outside Cam Munster, there's every chance Grant Anderson goes through, especially trying to prove a point to stay in the side over the likes of Nofluma or Iremia. Um, uh, look, it's not the worst play. I just have to – I don't know if I'll have the balls to put him in over Molotalo, May, or Tungo. Oh, it's trying to work out Mulatalo or Anderson. I reckon, like, if I bench Mulatalo, he's going to go ballistic. So what I might do is play Mulatalo and bet on Anderson to score two or more. I think that's probably the safest play. You can't lose either way. Well, you can if Mulatalo's shit, but... And then Anderson doesn't score. Well, scores one and then hands it off to Norfoluma or something. Yeah. No, for me, I would play Anderson over Mulatalo at the moment for the reasons I spoke about earlier. Wade Graham's just killing his outside men, so I think i would take the gamble and play anderson mm. there you go well i don't own cam munster i hope he sets up anderson all night if that's the case uh let's get unless you guys have any other sit start queries no that's pretty much covered mine as well no that covers actually one you said before isaiah tass i think he's a decent play this week depending on who he's taking over obviously wouldn't take him in for guns but him against the Warriors, I, I really do think that Warriors lineup is absolute trash. I, I think that's the worst side they've probably named this year. So I, I, that's why you know I'm, I'm pretty all in on South this week, and I'll be all over them on the uh, on the betting apps as well. So that's probably a good segue as well to captains and vices because captain for me this week, Latrell Mitchell. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought having a look at some matchup plays, you got Storm versus the Titans, you got Rabbitohs and Warriors, um, and then Tigers and Knights to round us out on Sunday afternoon. So a couple of good. I guess, games to keep an eye out for. But for me, Luttrell on an Arvo game, three missed field goals. He's going to be stinging. And this surely is 100-plus written all over it, Alex. Any disagreement? No, he's my captain this week as well. Um, like I said just before, I'm, I'm pretty all-in on Souths. And I am lacking a few Souths attackers, as in I only have Luttrell and Jed Cartwright. And now Jed's out, so I'm going all-in on Luttrell and hoping that he's getting 40 points and just goal kicks as well. Blakey, you throwing caution to the wind with a wild captain choice this week? Uh, yeah, I'm very, very tempted by Adam Dewey. I'm bringing him in. I think I might just chuck the C on him straight away. Broke me last week against you guys. So I've gone, I had it on him all day, and then I had a look and I said, I can't go past the trail. So he's yeah. all yours, Blakey. That Adam Dewey pick's kind of giving me a lot of Matt Burton deja vu. Last week, mm. both in the Knights, he, he's a certain, everyone. Trading I him in, cannot him. get worse than my captaincy of Cleary last week, so it's all all up <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Famous last words. All right, and vice captains for me, I've gone Harry Grant. Just wanted to get someone from the against the Titans, and you know he's due a, a double or something like that. So I'm uh, not hoping that I need to use the loop because there's a couple of dicey ones, but uh, yeah, for me, just Harry Grant is a wild play. Alex, who are you going? Uh, I've got Munster VC and. It's pretty uh, – oh, my AE isn't – it won't be awful. It'll probably be mid-30s to 40 with Max King, May, Wolotala, whoever I sit there. Uh, so I don't think it'll be the worst loop in the world if I do need to. But I probably wouldn't loop unless Munster's going 130, 140 plus. Have you used one this year, a loop? I think I've used three this year, actually. Jesus. Um, yeah, I think one or two of them were in the buy rounds. But uh, there was one earlier in the year with Heinz, and then there was Manu's 190. Has it worked out for you? Uh, I believe it worked out in the one with Heinz earlier this year and the Manu one. The only one that didn't work out was in the buy round, round 13, when Garrick got 99 and then Manu got 130 the next day. Yeah, oh, at least it's buy round, didn't cost you too much and it was an easy choice. Uh, Lakey, yeah. what about you? Have you used a VC and who are you going with this year? This Go, week? Going this year. I'm going with Munster this week. Can't go past him for reasons stated. Um, I can't recall if I've used one. I don't think I have because I've had such awful um, <laughs> bench guys, so it hasn't been worthwhile just taking that punt. 
Uh, oh, well, good luck for us this week. You know, Latrell's going to get another 30. Adam Dewey will get 12 because I've brought him in and you've captained him, Lakey. So <laughs> yep. the super coach talk curse continues. But it's all about Alex. So I want to see uh, yeah, where you end up here, mate, because you've been on, I think it's three pods so far. We haven't completely broken you, but I don't know. Are the floodgates about to open? How confident are you heading into the, the back end? And what are you aiming for? Well, my initial goal for the start of the year was top 100, and I would be sitting there right now without some, you know, unfortunate decisions, but uh, it's still top 100, and I think it's still just within reach. But I am in about six or seven cash leagues, so I am turning my focus a bit towards them and because I've made the top four in all but one, which is against the Supercoach Experience guys, but which I finished fifth in. So I'm kind of going hard on those at the moment, but, I mean, there's no better way to win your head-to-heads than trying to just get the best overall score. You know what, you, you'll be top of your league in terms of total points, but you will get beaten in every single one of those head-to-heads by a guy that's just saved like 12 trades that invariably yeah, every year with these head-to-head things. Someone just Last week in. in that experience uh, $100 comp, I was coming fifth or fourth and I needed to win to stay in the top four and I lost to the guy coming 19th. It's <laughs> <laughs> a weird round, mate. A lot of people that still own Nanai from the start and all that and Karaz, random players like that. They just absolutely killed it. And, you know, you'll come up against some guy that has Totola for some reason. <laughs> and he scored like 100 in the last three three or four weeks. So anyway, it's a strange old time of year, but a lot for you to play for. Lakey, you and I are just, I don't know, trying to win some head-to-heads and have a bit of fun along the way. It's what it's all about. Uh, no angry emails hopefully coming our way and just uh, good times for the rest of the season. We'll finish with talkies. So a couple of things in the works and, uh, yeah, plenty to chat about, I'm sure. In the coming months, uh, gents, thanks for coming on. Lakey, as always. Alex, good to have you back. Good fun. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Any final Lakey joke corners? Alex, you did drop a decent one earlier. I will pay that. It was at my expense, but whatever. Lakey, anything from you? You are a dad, no, actually. Nothing, nothing off top of head, mate. I'll come one up day. with something before the end of the year. One day, mate. I can't wait to hear it. Uh, all good. Best of luck for this week, guys, and chat to you next time. See you next time. 